Good afternoon. Welcome to the late, early, no, the early late edition of the Cone Zone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. It's the early late edition because it's a it's a brand new, unique, perhaps one time Monday time slot and late because it's in the afternoon as opposed to our usual morning slot. This is really an exciting time to do a show, Dad. How are you? I'm busting to go. So am I. So we're going to be focusing on personnel, free agency, draft, what the Niners should do, what the Niners will do, what the Niners shouldn't do, all that stuff. But there is news today. The 49ers have interviewed two defensive coordinator candidates, and they're not Bill Belichick. It's Brandon Staley, the former Chargers head coach who got fired recently, and Nick Sorensen who was the 49ers pass game coordinator on defense. He's been here a couple of years. Does this move you? Well, let me say first, reportedly interviewed. Reportedly. Reportedly. According to Matt Mayoko. Yeah, we don't have sources. Uh, reportedly interviewed too. So let me start off by saying there's a lot of people who said they would hire from within the organization. Well, they're interviewing within. Some said they hire from without the organization. They might hire from without. So I'd say everybody's right. It's wonderful when everybody's right. And I, I just think that's the greatest thing for journalism. Um, if you throw enough, you'll you'll hit the wall. Anyway, yeah. uh, Staley, I have one word to say about him. Loser, loser. I have never seen a man so befuddled on a sideline. So except for Mike McCarthy, he's he's pretty much like that, too. But this Brandon Staley, you look at him, he was have this look in his eyes like, what in the world am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so um, is he an upgrade over Steve Wilkes? I don't think so. What do you think, Grant? I agree with what you said. He was an abysmal failure with the Chargers. And I think part of the reason he was such a disappointment is because his defense was awful. Not, not The team was awful. But he was supposed to be some defensive guru because he was a defensive coordinator for one year with the Rams. His ascension was incredible. He was at John Carroll University doing nothing. And Vic Fangio discovered him, made him a linebacker's coach with the Bears. He did that for three years, became a defensive coordinator for one year with the Rams, became a head coach. And was just awful, as I guess... Yeah should have been predicted because he had no resume. Iggy, he got fired during the season, not after the season. During. That's how bad he is. So if that's the outside guy, uh, I'd like to know who's the inside guy. Yeah, didn't his team give up like 60 points in a game this year? Yeah, to the Raiders. Freaking 63 points they gave up. That's the guy you're going to bring in to fix uh, Steve Wilkes' problem? I don't think so. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So, okay, Brandon Staley put him to the side. Nick Sorensen. So if and when they promote Nick Sorensen, who no one's ever heard of, to defensive coordinator, they can say, well, we, you know, left no stone unturned. We looked at all the best candidates, and Sorensen would just happen to be the best candidate. Would you believe that? Well, let's say this. I, since I don't know anything about Nick Sorensen, he may be phenomenal. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what was his role uh, uh, on the Niners? Pass game coordinator of the defense. So the coverages and I guess the, the pressures. Were the pressures good? No. 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 So what I could say is I don't know nothing about. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Not, I don't know nothing about Sorensen. He might be good, but I mean, that's it? Those two guys? Yeah. I mean, they had Robert Sala, yeah. and they had this uh, D'Amico Ryans, and then they had the other guy who was a head coach. At least he looked good. Now they got these two non-entities. So I want to say, go Niners. <laughs> I have an outside-the-box idea. A coordinator they could get who's been a head coach and has some gravitas. Steve Wilkes. He's oh, available. I think he'd be good. Yeah, I think he's available. I think he'd be so good. Yeah. 
Now, the problem with Wilkes, he, he runs a different system, right? Of course. So you'd have to let him actually do his thing. But I'm sure Kyle, he won't micromanage Steve Wilkes. Why would you bring in an outsider and then tell him what to do? It doesn't make any sense. Kyle would do that. You're breaking up a little uh, ver um, audio. Talk a little. That's all we get. Well, let me close some. No. Can you hear me now? I can. I think I had, I think what happens, I wanted to show some film later, some some football film, but when I, I think it overloads my computer. It's just too. Don't do that. So it's, it's out. It's too sensitive. It's too sensitive. I'm too sensitive. Okay, that's the news. Let's talk free agency and draft. Dad. Yes. What do the 49ers need yep, in free okay. agency in the draft? So here's what Iggy and I are going to do. We're going to talk about what they need. And then, of course, they're going to ignore what they need and do what they want to do. But I have three areas. May I say what the three areas are? Okay. First of all, they need a good right tackle. I don't want to put down the guy now, McKivitz. No. I don't want to put him down. He's tried hard. He's uh, apparently, you know, I love, I love offensive linemen. I think they could upgrade the position. And no, not only could, I think they should upgrade the position. Um, it could protect the quarterback a little. They could protect the quarterback a little better. And they generally run to the left. And it would be nice if they had the option to run more to the right. So yep. that's number one. I think everyone agrees, except, of course, for Kyle. But everyone agrees, probably an upgrade over there. Number two would be they need a backup quarterback. It's become a very important position in the NFL. Now, they got Sam Darnold, but he's a free agent, right, Iggy? Yeah. And he's not setting the world on fire. Mm -mm. So we'll come back in a minute to who they could get because we have ideas for a backup quarterback. And the third, I think they need a new kicker. I'm sorry, yeah. Moody. I don't mean I never met you. Have a nice life. I don't think with all the heartache and anxiety a head coach has, he needs to worry if this guy's going to miss a PAT in the Super Bowl. I, I, I would get a new guy. So first of all, do you agree with me? And then let's go over, if you do, some backup quarterbacks. I agree. I mean, the Niners just lost the Super Bowl in overtime by three points. Their margin is very small. They don't need to overhaul anything. They're not look. They don't have a, a bunch of needs. A backup quarterback is one of them. Kicker's definitely one of them. Jake Moody, go figure it out on a team that has no aspirations. And the Niners needed a kicker who's ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, backup quarterbacks, they could get. I mean, look what the Browns did. Watson went down, and you thought, well, that team's dead. But then they won a lot of games with their backup quarterback. And they didn't win a playoff game with Joe Flacco, but still, he. Made they won a lot of games. They stayed afloat with him. And then the same thing with the Bengals. They what they lost Joe Burrow. Everyone thought that team's dead. They won a lot of games with Jake Browning. The Niners need someone like that. I don't think Sam Darnold is that guy. But I think they should be able to find him. Browning would be one. Flacco would be another. Honestly, either one would probably be cheap and a good option for the Niners. Yeah, if Flacco still wants to play football, I think he'd be a a valuable guy in the room. Remember the quarterback room, how they used to talk about it. And he's a good, he still can throw. He's a good quarterback. But the kid Browning, he's like Brock Purdy. He wasn't even mm -hmm. drafted, right? He's right. Washington. He went to Washington yes. undrafted. He has a yeah. great arm. He did yeah. very nice things with Cincinnati. I would love to see him. And he's a free agent. Yeah. I'd love to see him as the backup quarterback. I mean, I'm not saying that Brock Purdy's going to get hurt. He, he was great this season. But I think you need to have somebody like that just in case. Yeah, they could also draft someone if they so, if there's someone they like and they're convicted in, they could do that. But these are two excellent options, and I think they got to get this right. What they shouldn't do is try to bring in some reclamation project, some guy who's failed that they'll develop and, and improve. They don't do that on this team. They tried that with Lance. They tried it with Darnold. Just get a guy who is cheap and can function right away in your system, a system guy. I love it. Maybe even a game manager system guy. Maybe even a game manager system guy. I got another position for us. Tight end. Ah, uh, now you're using your noodle. 
tight end. Because, look, Kittle's great. He's 30. And they got no one behind him. And he's not getting better. I totally agree. Now, didn't they draft a guy, a tight end, but he never played? Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, Will terrible. he be? He's terrible? That's awful. So we, we can write him off? I think so. Okay. All right. If he gives him anything, you got to be surprised. Okay. Then they Act should probably. don't got none. Sorry. Okay. Then you got to draft a tight end too, or, you know, get one in free agency. So those are four positions. This is a team that's loaded. We know that. The team that's loaded, but they could uh, improve it in four places at least. Hey, yeah, let's go back to offensive tackle for a second. Colton McKivitz did a good job this year. He exceeded expectations. He improved as the season went on. He's a good run blocker, um, although they don't run that direction very much. He did give up 13 sacks. That's a lot. And okay. I don't think you could expect him to do much better. It's a tough position. He doesn't make that much money. They should probably find another guy to at least compete with him. Sure. I love it. Yeah. And if the other guy's better, he could be, we're not getting him off the team. There are certain people I would like to see off the team. Like Eric Armstead. I'd like to see him off the team. I don't feel the way about McKivitz. No, I'd like on the team. Yeah. I mean, you're you can move him the bus guard or you're off the bus. Team. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Just a second. Bill Kennedy says, really like almost all your guests but love your dad. Grew up on dad, Ira and Glenn. Is the green sheet still green? How did you get the nickname Iggy? The green uh, sheet is still green. For a while it wasn't. Um, Iggy, do we? Do you want to do the Iggy thing again? It's it's in a lot of the old broadcasts. I can do it in 10 seconds. Okay. I have an older brother. He's, half, he's half, my half brother. He's 12 years older than me. When I was one and he was 13, I was fine language, but I could, didn't really have it yet. I started saying Iggy a lot. So he called me Iggy. You made it official. What? Nothing, sweetie. Is it my audio? It went out for a little bit. Now you're back. Mojo McClary says, Lowell, what was it like covering Russ Francis? First of all, thank you for the question. Uh, Russ, poor guy, died recently in, an, in a plane crash. He's one of the favorite guys I ever covered in my life. I found him endlessly fascinating, brilliant, humorous, deep, uh, an individual. Um, I just love covering him. And I'll tell you another thing. I love covering tight ends. They're extreme individualists. They're so interesting. Russ, Charlie Young, Brent Jones. Um, wow. What what a what a collection of guys! I can't say anything about Kittle because I've never met him, but I those three come. Uh, Vernon Davis, guy was is a painter, um, and a good painter, and he brought some of his art to the practice facility one time for me to see. Um, uh, so yes, Russ is one of my all time favorite guys. I have poor guy's gone. I had deep affection for him. Um, okay. Sorry, my computer's not doing so good. I need to restart it or something. But I'll do the best okay. that I can. Like, you're, you're breaking up again, sweetie. I'm calling him sweetie. I'm sorry. I know. Dad, what do you think the Niners will take in free agency? Okay. Uh, uh, Jeff, we'll, we'll try to do the best we can. We said what mm -hmm. we think they should take in free agency, the draft, slash the draft. Forget everything we said, because they're not going to do that. They're not going to get a right tackle what they're going to do is they're going to first of all get a defense an edge rusher they're going to get an edge rusher that's what they think the key to nirvana and the super bowl and a happy life ever after is yet another schlub at uh, uh edge rusher or inside the the um, defensive line do you agree iggy yeah it's like their list of needs one it's one defensive end. And then number two is like way down on the piece of paper. As long as they get that defensive end, they'll be fine. And, and they'll address that either first thing in free agency or first thing in the draft. No yeah. question. Yeah. They think a defensive end is, is, is the bees. Needs. Um, yeah. How, how well did that help them this, uh, this year? How'd they do in the Super Bowl defensive? End? It's funny. Um, Patrick Mahomes has won three Super Bowls. 
and the Chiefs have been called for zero holding penalties in all three of them. Some people feel like, I don't know, it, it, why, why invest so much in defensive line when the Chiefs aren't going to get called for holding and you're not going to sack Patrick Mahomes? It seems like a waste. You might want to protect your quarterback. I mean, there's something to be said for that. I understand not really caring about protecting your quarterback if you don't really value him, but Brock Purdy's really good. You want him to stick around for a long time, right? Yeah, you can win with Brock Purdy. You can win with Brock Purdy. And he's a lot better when he has time and space to throw than when he's running for his life. You can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan, but you can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. There is that. There is that. There is that. So, yeah, they'll take a DN. They'll also take a linebacker. Oh, absolutely. Greenlaw went down. Yeah. Yeah. And again, why did they lose the Super Bowl? Defense, not the offense. It was not the offense. No, the offense was great. They, you know, they scored 48 points in that game. Right. Kyle just, you couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know who else is an outside chance they'll take? Running back. They love running backs. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they don't play them. They, they get running backs and they're good. Poor Di, uh, Ty Davis Price. They, they never even played the guy and they got rid of him. But they, they get really good running backs. And when Christian McCaffrey feels like he needs to take 10 seconds of a break to breathe, they'll bring one of these poor guys in. He'll run one play and then he's gone for the rest of the game. So, yes, they need more running backs. That's what they think. I really hope they bring in another running back because they haven't done it in a while and they've had so much success. It's unbelievable. That's a good one. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. What do you think they'll do at quarterback? Do you think they'll bring back Sam Darnold? Do you, th- do you think they'll listen to our advice on that one position? You say he's a free agent. Yeah. I can hear, okay, I can hear Kyle saying both things, i.e. talking out of both sides of his mouth. I can hear him saying, we brought Sam back. We just thought he did such a great job. You know, it's, you know he was ready. He was this and that. I didn't. I, the poor guy never got to play hardly. Or we could hear him say, we're moving in a, <laughs> going in a different direction. We're going in a different direction and we're going to get, you know, Joe Schmatz, who we think is really good. I, I don't know. I, they, they don't value what we value. They don't value what we value. Let me ask you this way. Do you think Kyle Shanahan worked with Sam Darnold for a year? And decided, man, I was wrong about this guy. He stinks. Let's move on and get someone else. Or do you think Kyle Shanahan thinks, this Sam Darnold guy is pretty good. I was right about Sam. And if he ever has to play a few games, I'll show everyone. Yeah. I'm going to put it back on you. I don't think he worked with Sam Darnold. I think the other guy, Greasy, worked with Sam Darnold. Point. I don't think he works with the quarterbacks. Good he point. works with his play sheet. He, his, he is, he's a doodler. He's a doodler and a grinder. He's, he's in the play sheet. And as far as the quarterback, he didn't even know, in spite of gaslighting us, how good Brock Purdy was. He had this guy. He had King David. He, he had King Arthur hanging around. He had no idea. He was out of options. He said, we'll put this kid in. And he turned out to be really good. I don't think he's that good of a judge of quarterbacks. So whether he says Sam Donald is good or not, I'm not necessarily trusting the judgment. Right. I mean, the person who brings in the next quarterback or who makes this decision could be Brian Greasy. He could say, Kyle, Sam Donald's no good. I want this guy. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. And I don't know what their relationship is. I, I don't know how they get along. I don't know if Brian Greasy is good. No. I guess he did well with identifying Brock Purdy, um, but let's see if he can do it again. James Wilson says, great show. Thanks, Thank James. you, James. Joe Crowell says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Great show as always. Mr. Cohn, do you have any memories or observations about Tom Rathman? Absolutely. Um, a hell of a fullback. Let me say that again. A hell of a fullback. Better than the guy they have now. If they, in the past, if you needed a few yards, let's say it was the end of an overtime in the Super Bowl and you had third and four. In the past, you'd give the ball to the fullback, not to little mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. You give it mm-hmm. to the fullback. 
maybe he'd get two or three yards and then you'd give it to him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Tom Rathman. Plus he could catch the ball. Okay. Yeah. I've never, I've never met Yushek, So I have no opinion on his personality. In addition, Tom Rathman is a really, really nice man. And Iggy, you sat next to him at a game this season and you found him to be quite uh, enjoyable, right? I thought he was extremely enjoyable, and I asked him if he was better than Kyle Juszczyk, and he was very deferential and said, oh, no, Juszczyk was much more athletic than he was. But I'm looking at Rathman. I mean, they really gave him the ball a lot. He had, in in 1988, he had 800 yards from scrimmage. In 1989, he had 900 yards from scrimmage. Like, Juszczyk can't compete with that. No, he's a better player than Juszczyk. And, you know, here's the thing. Kyle likes to think he has a fullback. He yeah, have a fullback. He doesn't use him like a fullback. He's a, a sort of a blocker and a decoy. He's a deek. He's, he's a, a deek fullback. He's a deek fullback. fullback. That's yeah. so true. I like to say that he's like a he goes in motion. He's a deek fullback. He goes in motion. Oh, oh all eyes on Kyle Use check. No, he's a decoy. <laughs> William William says the cones are the best, and I listen to a ton of sports YouTubers. I am from Boston. All right, William you know, Spray. I William, I love Boston. I think in a way it's San Francisco in the East. I do. Why? Small, smaller city. Uh, the beautiful parts are beautiful. Very sophisticated. That kind of mm. thing. Mm. I haven't spent much time there. We went there that one time about twelve years ago. Oh, oh. All right, let's do some prize picks. I mean, excuse me, picks. some sleeper picks. Ooh. Sleeper. Let's do some sleeper picks. Warriors play tomorrow, Tuesday. And if people want to play along at home, use the little QR code, promo code Cone, C-O-H-N, get a deposit match up to 500 bucks. Stephen Curry. You know, he's in a slump, Dad. You see this? Who are they they playing? Good to know. They are playing Washington, and they're 9-48. and Washington is 9-48. 9-48. and That's a real record. You know, that's not a good record. That's not okay. what you want. <laughs> so it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. But they are playing. <laughs> Don't you give me the giggles. <laughs> they're trying to get that 10th win. So they got a lot to play for here. <laughs> Steph Curry. It's a little fatigued. Last last night, he had uh, 20 points. Game before that, 15 you know, he did a lot at the, at the All-Star game. He's 36 years old almost. What do you think? Stephen Curry, 27 and a half points, more or less, against, uh, what's his face? I don't care who his face is. I, I'm just talking against about Washington. Him. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say, say fewer. I, I think fewer. He'll, spread it around. he'll spread it around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Draymond Green. What do you want to do, points for him? Eight and a half. How many technical? How many technicals? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're doing points. Points. We're doing points. For Draymond, eight and a half. I'd say more. 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 He's got something to prove. Tip on his shoulder. Wiggins. <laughs> Wiggins. Wiggins. Thirteen and a half points. Under. Ooh. I, I, I Wiggins I, guy. I mean, he, He's an up and down guy. He floats around. The, he floats around the court. Okay, He's Kaminga a, a, up and down. Kaminga, Kaminga, five and a half rebounds. More, less, less. You're gonna say less. I'm gonna say less. Okay, okay, but you're you're the boss, so you do that. Kaminga, Podzemski. I love him. He's great. Four and a half assists. More. Boom. All right. One Kuzma for Washington. 22 and a half points for Kuzma. Is Kuzma good? Let's see what he did last game. There are 27 points in his last game. And they're not, terrible. Someone has to shoot on this team. And that's Kuzma. It might be. Okay. What are we betting on? Uh, what's the number? Uh, more or less. 22 and a half points. I'm going more for Kuzma. I'm, I'm putting my deposit down on uh, more. Because I'm a big Kuzma guys. Let's lock it in. Submit the entry. Whew. And With 300 sleeper, bucks on right? that one. Sleeper? Promo code cone. Use the QR code. Get a deposit match up to $500. Also get 
entered into a giveaway for a signed Christian McCaffrey jersey. Okay, All before right, we get move that out on. the way. No, 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 no. Before we move on, tell me. Sleeper. I don't know why they call it Sleeper, but I have very happy memories of Sleeper because that was one of Woody Allen's earlier movies, Sleeper. Did you ever see it? I have seen it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. What's it about? I don't know. It's funny. It's silly, it's silly, silly Woody Allen stuff. And and as you people know, Woody and I went to the same high school, Midwood High School. Yeah. Don't know. Woody. Don't know Woody. Um, yeah. But I think he was the manager of the basketball team under his real name, Alan Konigsberg. Did you know Alan that was his real name? Konigsberg. Konigsberg. Not yeah, Woody. Woody. The Woodman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're two and a, we're about we're a little bit more than two weeks beyond the Niners Super Bowl loss and uh the narrative has really settled in who's at fault who's not and of course Kyle Shanahan is not to be blamed for this loss even though it's the third Super Bowl he's lost while leading by at least 10 points the third one this time it's essentially Spencer Burford's fault because he blocked the wrong person on the final offensive play of the game he blocked to the left he should have blocked to the right Boom, he's the guy. And uh, if you don't believe me, just ask his teammate, John Feliciano, who was starting at right guard, got hurt, left the game. Burford replaced him, made a mistake, and Feliciano went on social media to make sure everyone knew it was his fault, not Colton Kivitz. And then Spencer Burford owned up to it on his own. Do you think he's getting too much heat? Okay. I think there are two parts to this. The play itself and what Feliciano did. So could we first talk about the play itself? Yes. And see how culpable Spencer Burford is. And then we'll talk about the Feliciano hoop-de-doo. Sounds good. So tell, so you said he made a mistake. Is it clear Spencer Burford made a mistake? Well, he said he did. Aside he said he from did. That, what, you, it's you not necessarily, the way I see it is he was put in a, a no-win situation, a night fork, if you will, uh, to use a chess reference. No matter what he did, he was going to be wrong. The formation was five offensive linemen and then five re receivers in the pattern. McCaffrey was lined up in the slot. He goes in motion on a jet sweep, and the 49ers fake a handoff to him after the snap. That's the play. So you have five offensive linemen blocking. The Chiefs blitz. They, they rush six. And... So they have one more guy than the Niners can block. Burford blocks safety Justin Reed, who's blitzing right up the middle. He doesn't block defensive tackle Chris Jones, who has a straight line to the quarterback and forces a throw away. Burford says he should have blocked Chris Jones, 95. So if he had done that, he would have fanned out to his right, picked up 95, and then 20 would have had a straight line to the quarterback and most likely would have blown up the play and forced a throwaway. I don't know so, for certain, but you saw the play. I mean, it looked like 20 was right next to 95. Oh, I feel right like there. Burford's taking too much heat. Yeah. Um, so let's be real clear. Whoever he picked, the other guy was right there and was going to force um, Purdy to throw it away. So to blame it on the failure of play on Spencer Burford, no matter what he said about himself is what Jim Harbaugh would call low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's easy. Um, not delving, uh, up to the heights, not, not want you, what you want. There's more in the play. He, uh, Kyle had five blockers, but if I'm correct, the center didn't block the center he pulled. pulled. It's so a, it's a convoluted blocking scheme. So you're trying to sell this play, this jet sweep. It's a play action play on third down as if anyone's going to react to that and think it's a, a run. Um, so the center is supposed to pull and pick up one defensive end. And then everyone is supposed to like slide to the right. It's very convoluted and they messed it up. Yeah. And the point is, so the center wasn't blocking either. So it's really four blockers. So Spencer Burford was in an awful position. The failure of that play, according to me, is not the right guard. It's the head coach. Yeah. What the hell are you calling on third and four with the game on the line? 
What kind of play is that? You run the damn ball and then you run the damn ball again. That's what you do. End of story. End of story. End of story. But you know, and you run it to the left behind Trent Williams and Aaron Banks. Yeah. But you know what Kyle Stanahan did? He had to he had to overthink it. Obviously, you run to the left on third and four there. What he did was no one in the backfield, so not a run, but McCaffrey's coming in motion on a jet sweep, and we're going to fake it to him. So we're going to fake the run to the left, and everyone's going to look. Oh my God. No, they're not reacting to it. They're blitzing. Yeah. So, so all that was just for nothing. Spagnola out, out coached him at that moment. And I want to say this. The fact with the best running back in the league, he didn't go for it on third and fourth down was not only a failure of strategy, it was a failure of nerve. He ran out of courage. Did you? How'd you know? say that? Because I know you. You know. Because I know you. And that's the truth. And that's that's why we admire Harbaugh. He would never have a failure of nerve in that moment. Yes, you're right. This was, he, he, in Brooklyn terms, he punked out at the crisis moment. That's what we would have said he punked out. Yeah, and he let Spencer Burford be the guy who takes the heat and steps up and says he's sorry, essentially, for his mistake. When if you watch the film, he was screwed. And, okay. uh, yeah. So now let's get to Feliciano. Yeah. You got to remember, I've never met any of these people. Feliciano said he had a few drinks, right, when he justified what he did. If something I'm making like it up, something like that. He said that. he was hungover. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, yeah, something like that. Okay, hungover, whatever, meaning he wasn't in complete control. So he comes to the defense of McKivitz because a lot of people, I guess, on Twitter and other social media forms were criticizing McKivitz for screwing up the play when he didn't. Right. He didn't. And and what Feliciano did was put the blame on Burford uh, because people were going after McKivitz on social media. So here's what I have to say about that. Teams say all the time, we don't care about social media. We only care what happens in the building. Right. We We don't don't listen. We don't pay attention to the noise. No, it's noise. It's it's distraction. So Feliciano should not have cared what was being said. He made it seem like Burford was a coward because he didn't come out on social media and say it's my fault. He had no obligation to do that. This is between the three of them. In a couple of days later in the um, locker room when they were packing up, he he had courage. I'm talking about Burford, not Feliciano. He stood there and he answered the questions and took the blame. That's all he needed to do. And he stood up like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. If Feliciano had a problem with Burford, a gentleman goes to him privately. I think you should have done this. I think you should have done that. That's how you keep a team together. Mm-hmm. You you iron out your difficulties privately. Feliciano taking it public violated the fabric of that team. I would get rid of him. I don't think he deserves to be a 49er. And I think Burford does because he took the heat. He did take the heat. And again, he was under no obligation to say anything on social media because it's just noise. Yeah. Not only did he take the heat, in my opinion, he took way more heat than he needed to. And Kyle contributed to that. Mm-hmm. When asked Kyle about it, he said that there was a mix-up in the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, the so mix-up was call, the play he called. Yeah, thank you. He didn't call out Burford by name, but he yeah, blamed Burford. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And the, the I next, wouldn't be surprised if they're not done scapegoating Burford. Like they, they might bring in a you know, a veteran guard or, or draft one in the first or second round just to really drive the point home that that's the reason they lost the game. Yeah, the next time Kyle takes responsibility for a screw-up will be the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Iggy, I want to say something. Um, part of the thing as sports writers, we write about the games. And what happened, we talked about the play that, you know, the grammar of that play. Sure. But over the years as sports writers, we are presented to a lot of people. 
and we learn a lot about human behavior in winning and losing. You learn a lot about a person in losing, and we learn about courage and cowardice. We learn mm. about character and lack of character. Yes. In that scenario, I'm going to just talk about character. Burford had character and Feliciano didn't. And I don't feel that Kyle did. Right. Okay. Agreed. Purdy had character. And Always does. He, Always he's does. A, he's a wonderful kid. He he, yeah. he took the heat too. Um, again, I haven't met him. I'd love to meet him. Uh, but I mean, I won't. I'm not a fan and I'm not a journalist anymore. But um, I think he he really has an ideal character for an athlete and especially for a quarterback. I admire him. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I admire him more after the game than before. Me too. Um, Matt McEwen says, should have had Purdy boot left on that play. I don't know. I don't know. Would have been better than what they called. Chris Tallarico says, they'll trade up for a defensive end and use a comp pick on a running back. They'll do everything they can to run it back for another playoff if he's lucky. Loss. For, yeah, sounds right to me. Bucket of Chicken says, love the show, gentlemen. How you feeling, Mr. Cohn? I'm feeling fine. Um, thanks. We were up um, over the weekend. We were up in Nevada City because uh, Iggy's older brother, Brian, turned 48. So we had a lovely time up in the Sierra foothills. Chris Tallarico says, really enjoying the sincere sarcasm. That's New York. All right. I got a question for you. Yeah. Why is Steve Kerr a better head coach than Kyle Shanahan? And I asked this because Steve Kerr just got an extension worth almost $18 million a year, which he deserves. Yeah. Another way of looking at it. First of all, he is a better coach. Uh, another way of looking at it is he got a, an extension, a two-year extension for a lot of money. And Kyle just got an extension. I vocif vociferously object to Kyle's extension. I applaud Steve's extension. So let's let's start first. Iggy, I lose track of things. I'm old. I think Steve has won four championships. Is that correct? Yes, as a coach. As a coach, yeah. I, I think he won five as a player. Okay, but as a coach, he's won four. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot of championships. That's a lot. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of championships. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes on in an 82-game season. He is an extraordinary coach, and he deserved it. He deserved the extension. Kyle didn't deserve it. He's done nothing to, to get an extension after three games. It's insane. He's never yeah. won anything. And again, well, he's won the championship. He's never won the championship. He's never won the Super Bowl. Steve Kerr has won the Super Bowl four times. The, champion, the, the finals. Yeah, I'm calling it the Super Bowl of, sure. uh, of, um, of basketball. Another thing, the Warriors aren't that good anymore. They had a lot of problem with uh, Draymond Green with flipping out, and the core players are getting older, and they're trying to meld in younger players. I'm going to say something really crazy. I think, although the Warriors may not even make the playoffs, I think Steve Kerr is doing a hell of a job this season. Yeah. Now, they got beat last night by, by the, champion, the championship team, but – they're playing very well lately, and they're making a push to get into into the play-ins uh, for for the um, playoffs. So what I think is, given what he has and given the problems he had this season, I think Steve Kerr's done a beautiful job. This might be, in a way, his best coaching season. Yeah. And yeah. You know, like, he's been to six finals. He lost two of them, won four. Kyle's been to three Super Bowls, lost all three. The ones that Steve Kerr lost... In one of them, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles and Clay Thompson tore his ACL. So there's sort of an excuse. The other one, he lost to LeBron James. He was up 3-1. He had a lead in the fourth quarter, and he didn't call a timeout. That was his Kyle Shanahan moment. He probably should have won that finals too, but he blew it. The other finals, he made great calls. He made the right adjustments. He had the right rotations. He had the right mid-series adjustments. And that's why he's a legend and a champion. And Kyle Shanahan can't say that. No, he's a better coach in his sport than Kyle is in his sport. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I have to admit, I know Steve. I've covered him. We were never particularly close. I mean, we knew each other. Hi, Lowell. Hi, Steve. But we weren't, we weren't close at all. Um, what I felt about Steve, he's really bright. 
he has a very whimsical sense of humor. He has great timing. Yeah, he he's does. wonderful with the media. And he's someone the Warriors can be proud of, the way he represents the franchise. He sure. is ideal. And he he cuts, he's and well, he's normal. He can relate to normal people, and he always looks good and looks prepared. Compare him to, to Shanahan. He's yeah. wearing a hat. He's wearing yeah. a hat. He looks like no, a the teenager. guy like that in the Niners organization is Lynch. Right. Yeah. It's, Lynch. it's Lynch. I like Lynch. He hasn't won yeah. anything either. Uh, as as a general manager, he's sure. had, you know, as a player, in has, terms of how they comport themselves, he's Steve Kerr. He is. Yeah, he is. The point is, Lynch is Steve Kerr because Kyle can't be Steve Kerr. Correct. Right. Correct. I think Kyle could do a better. Well, I don't know if he could do a better job representing the organization in in to the public in news he conferences. Should. He should, and he should. Steve does. And Steve is a four-time champion, and this guy ain't. So I'm all in. And again, I'm not close with Steve Kerr. I even felt there was a certain distance between us. Yeah. For whatever reason, who cares? I mean, I'm not friends with these people. But um, I admire him. I do. I admire him. Yeah, me too. You know what he wouldn't do? He would never scapegoat the equivalent of Spencer Burford on his team after losing a championship. Would never happen. Wouldn't happen. No, and you you know why it wouldn't? It would why? go against his code. Yep. His code of a gentleman. He would never do that. Uh he's code he of leadership. Never, oh, and leadership. He would never allow himself to sink between a, a beneath a line. Never do it. I I was in hundreds of news conferences with him after bad losses. You know who Kyle is as a uh, basketball coach? Dan Tony. <laughs> Dan Tony Why? never won anything. Thinks the world of himself. Thinks he's cutting it different. Uh, as a genius, just doesn't have that ring to prove it. You know, Nelly's the same way. We don't call Don, him Nelly. Don, Don Nelson. That's another one. Oh, Kyle could be Don Nelson. He could end up with the most wins in regular season history. Kyle could be a head coach in the NFL for like freaking forty years. He could end up with a lot of records, but will he ever get a? A ring? Don't know. Right. So Don I'm Nelson. all in. I'm all in with Steve Kerr, and from what I know about Kyle, I I admire many things he does, but I don't admire him all the way. No way. Matt McEwen says draft O line at thirty one or best player available. It depends Me? what you do in free agency. If you get a starting yeah. right tackle in free agency, you don't necessarily have to go offensive line at 31. But if there's an offensive lineman you like at that area, you could trade up a few spots and make sure you get them. Be aggressive. I like it. Just yeah, be more aggressive offensive. than you were at the end of uh, the overtime. There you go. Omar says, is Brian Flores a DC possibility? Stay blessed. He's a really good coach. If they get him, that um, would be good. Is, where was I'm he not last sure, though. He was with the Vikings. Is he still there? I don't know. He's with the Vikings. So, yeah, I'd be tough yeah. to get. Yeah. David Baker says, next time you're up in Nevada City, go to 1228 Restaurant, Great Food, and Wine List. We we went to Willow. Willow. To the Steakhouse. Willow. Willow. Invading. Well, next time, though, 1228. Invading Robots says, lol, if social media was a thing in the 80s slash 90s, what Niner story would have blown up more than it did at the time? the catch yeah that right. would have been a big one i think he's yeah. talking more like along the lines of controversy i don't know i'm not good at that i apologize jordan's career would have been a lot really interesting with social media because he was uh like a big gambler and he would talk about it he, he would, would talk about it yeah absolutely He's interviewed about it. He would say, you know, it's not a problem. I'm okay. I, I'm financially all right. But I, yeah, it would have been interesting if he had been monitored like that. Mojo McClary says, what were Mike Nolan's foibles as a coach? Okay. Um, boy, that's a loaded question. First of all, I like him. Now, wait a minute. Iggy, 
we're talking about Mac McDonald that I covered, right? Woodside guy, the, the son of the coach. Um, I like him. Um, I think he's a very good defensive coach. I don't think he had any understanding really of, of uh, uh, offense. I don't think so. But I want to tell you a funny story. And it, it was very endearing to me. Before one season started, I wrote a column saying that they should fire him. It was before the season started. So I bumped into him during training camp on the practice field. And I said, could I have a couple of minutes? And he was a little crummy about it. And he said, okay. And then he gave me a good interview. And and we kind of liked each other. And then he, he when it was all done, he said, do me a favor, Lowell. Next time you fire me, could you wait till the end of the season? <laughs> Not the beginning of the season to fire. That's fair. And I said, I said right. you know, that's fair. That's what he said. Could you wait till the end of the season? It was so cute. Could you give me a chance to win a game first? Yeah, really? I don't know what the hell I was doing. Well, they probably fired him not long after. David Baker, Kyle needs to be fired and learn humility before he gets a ring. I'd say there's something to that. Do you think if he gets fired, he'll learn humility? I don't know the guy. I think any normal person would. Matt McEwen says, Lowell, do you think newer generation Niner fans are more emotionally attached to players now than the 80s and 90s? And do you believe the media was tougher in the past than now? Great show. He's referring okay. to the fact that fans want to keep these players forever. I think fans are, have been fairly consistent. I mean, how could you love fans loved Montana and young and rice? They loved them. So um, I don't feel that's changed. Do I believe the media was tougher in the past than now? I know it. I know. And what it. was that? Well, uh, newspapers were stronger. Yep. We had, we had uh, more, our now newspapers have been emasculated, if, if you want to use that word. Uh, also, a lot of the media people want to show their editors that they get a big following on Twitter X. And so they don't want uh, people to unfollow them if they say critical things of the team. True. So the, the coverage has become compromised, I believe. True. It's not. Iggy, it's not uh, a, a, I would not want to be in the press covering the Niners at this time. It would make me want to walk into the locker room and vomit. You know, we, 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 uh, I've been covering the team for about 12, 13 years. And we often said that, you know, there's journalists that cover the team and there's stenographers. And there's a difference. Those journalists are there to sort of speak to the power and question authority. And stenographers are, um, another word for it would be like historians historians they're there chronicling history and on this day the 49ers went to practice and kyle said this and this it's like okay and i'll, and I'll tell you one thing about this day which is february 26 2024 at 4 18 p.m in the afternoon it is a news flash they have still not hired a defensive coordinator breaking news breaking news dun, dun, dun. <laughs> If they wait three weeks just to promote someone from within their organization, does that show confidence? In person? Yeah. No, no, it, it doesn't. But they'll say, no. you know, we had him all the time. We were thinking of it. We, we wanted to kick the tires of some other people. This is the one we really wanted all the time. That, you know, they'll spin it. There's a lot of spinach going yeah. on around and here. And we'll believe it because they said it. Absolutely. And the fans will yeah. believe it. And people will just write it down. Oh, they... They liked this guy the whole time. He was their first choice. That's what he said. And they'll, then they'll do whole biographies of him. They'll interview his barber, his, his where he went to high school, all that kind of stuff. I don't mean to like, everyone covers the team their own way. It would be fun if there were some throwback journalists on the beat. Some guys like you and Ira. It would be fun. Just if I weren't, wasn't the only guy sitting there feeling like, Kyle wants to bite my head off because it's a vicious side of Kyle. And I think most people don't want any of that zero part of it. And I take one for the team most of the time. And I'll, 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 I'll let him talk to me like that and give me that look because it's who he is. It's part of the job. Can't take it personally. Can, can you do the look? 
No. Can you do it? No. I can't do it. Okay. But you can feel like a seething anger come off of him when 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 you he realizes he's being questioned about something he didn't yeah. do right. Right. Why didn't you run the ball in the third quarter? I did. Okay. <laughs> I did, smart guy. <laughs> All right. That's a very emotional response. Um, we could try again. Anyway, thank you, Matt. One more. Matt McEwen, stenographers, LOI say more like extension of Niners PR team. I'm not going to go well, that far. I have to yeah, face I mean, these people. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Like, they don't necessarily try to spin on, on behalf of the Niners. It's just like such an earnest take at the Niners. Like, well, they said it. That's how it is. As opposed to questioning everything. Isn't that what journalists are supposed to do? I think so. I mean, to me, uh, uh, excuse me, but after they lost the Super Bowl, I saw a lot of articles that said they really played well. And don't blame Shanahan for this. They lost the Super Bowl. You're supposed to praise them. So you praise them if they win and you praise them if they lose. When do you criticize them? You, It's wrong to criticize Shanahan after they lose. I don't understand that. Old Man Rock says, love the show, guys. Who is O-line coach? Fire him. I disagree with this. Chris Forster is a good coach. All of his young offensive linemen who were, you know, drafting the fourth or fifth round have improved. That pass protection screen scheme isn't his job. He's the run game coordinator. That was Kyle and freaking Clint Kubiak. Who's gone? Old man. David Baker says the look is, oh, like a 12-year-old girl. I don't, I don't know. know what that means. I don't know. I can't do the look. I can't do a very good Kyle Shannon impression. But I'll work on it. Anyway, I think that's what we got for the show today. No, no, you're wrong. Tell me. There what was we got? a whole other th thing as journalists, if we were covering the team, and you are. Oh, we we're proud, proud of. of. Sorry. And I want to end with that. Let's do it. So I want to set it up. You forgot. Do you have someplace to be? Okay. I was talking to Iggy, and I was saying, of all the teams I covered, and the Giants were a big deal to me, the Giants. And the A's, the Tony LaRusso A's, these were a big deal. The Niners were always the biggest deal. It was never even a question. And as a journalist, I didn't root for them, but I felt proud of them. I felt proud to cover a team that was a national team, national team. So what I would like to do, maybe Iggy and I can take turns. What, as a journalist, are we proud of now but what, going back to the past, starting with the Bill Walsh years. So this is a long time, 50 years or so. I can't speak before Bill because I didn't cover them. I was a student. Um, what um, snapshots make you proud? So I'm going to start. I'll, I will go back and forth, Iggy. I'm going to start with Brock Purdy. It may, if I work, uh, let's. I'm going to pretend I'm covering the team so I don't have to do this explanation every time. I'm covering the team. I am proud to cover this quarterback. He's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's way better than I thought he was. He's way better than the team thought he was. He's a great story. He produces. He generally does well under pressure. And at least in his dealings with the media, he's a quarterback. He's really good. So I'm saying I'm proud of Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's a lot. He's actually quite enjoyable to cover. He's quite um, generous with his answers. And that's not really, I don't think fans care. But what they should care about is everyone talking about a physical skill set, but he does have the temperament. I mean, that might not even cover it all of a quarterback. The way he works, the way he studies, his maturity, it's off the charts, all of it. And I don't know if the Niners have had a quarterback like that since Alex Smith. And he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. And he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. So Brock Purdy for sure. Um, Trent Williams. I'm sorry. He's getting a little bit older. But he is as good as any player that you covered on those 80s and 90s teams. It's He's a legit first ballot Hall of Famer. And he's always been extremely gracious and generous with the media when I've been around. Um, it's an honor to cover Trent Williams. Okay, I'm going to stick to one more person on offense so we can move to defense if you have people. McCaffrey, 
I mean, I think he's the best running back in the league. Um, I have never heard anything bad about him. He does, as far as I can tell, fulfill his duty to the media, and he takes it professional. He's professional. He's a professional at everything he does. I know he was very angry after the Super Bowl. I don't believe he was only angry because they lost. If I read him right, he was angry because he lost the fumble. And he's probably felt a lot of the loss was on him. And that's hard on him. But I really admire his ability. I love to watch him run. I love to, to watch him run. And I admire his professionalism. Would you like Agreed. to move to, to defense? Sure. On defense, I'm proud of Fred Warner. Again, he's as good as any player that was on the teams in the 80s and the 90s. He's an all-time great linebacker, and he's a model guy. I mean, it seems like he's never been in trouble. He's extremely smart. Uh, everyone at BYU has great things to say about him. I interviewed Tommy Homo once about him. They, he loves Fred Warner. He blocked me on Tommy, Twitter, and I don't know why, but I still like him. Tommy Homo uh, used to be a Niner and the Cal coach, and he's the um, athletic director at BYU. Iggy, you also like the two cornerbacks. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. The two cornerbacks are a dream to cover. They're both underrated. They both improved so much this year. Traverius Ward, Diamador, Lenore, extremely proud of those two. One of the best cornerback tandems in the league. Um, is, are we leaving anybody out? I'm proud of Talanoa Hafunga. He got hurt this year, but he's a really good young player and he's extremely mature and professional. We're leaving out Bosa. Yeah. Um, let's try to talk about Bosa without putting him down. Sure. Because I know you like him and you feel he's quite, a, quite an honest guy. And we know he's a hell of a player. But Iggy, I don't think he was maybe at his best this season. I don't think so. I, I, I kind of disapprove of what he did this year, although he was so generous with the media and he made our lives, our jobs a lot easier. And I voted for him for the Gary Niver Award. But, I mean, he sat out all of the offseason. Didn't really seem like he got made an effort to get to know Steve Wilkes during that time. Then he kind of undercut Steve Wilkes and second-guessed him after certain losses including the Super Bowl. And I don't know. It didn't seem like he gave his best effort all the time. It's pretty tough. And then the guy got fired. So if I were Steve Wilkes, I'd have to feel like, hey, Nick, maybe if you had been here and given your best effort, I'd still have a job. So thanks. Okay. Fair That's enough. a tough one. I'm going to move back in history now. Things that make me proud of the 49ers. I'm really proud of Bill Walsh. And of all the sports figures I ever in my life. He meant the most to me. I got closer to him than anybody. Maybe Dusty. I got very close to Dusty. Again, you're never friends, but you really know these people. Um, I feel that in the 49ers narrative, starting with Bill, call it their icons, their iconography. He is like Moses. Look, I know it's not religion, I'm just making a comparison. Although some people see football as religion. I'm just making a comparison. He was Moses or Jesus. He was the one who came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. This -hmm. is how we play football. And he has defined Niner football and NFL football ever since. So I'm I'm more familiar with Moses than Jesus so I could speak better. I'm not putting down Jesus, believe me. Good Jewish boy, not putting him down. But he came down with the Ten Commandments. He he laid that. What are you laughing at? Yeah, I'm not putting down Jesus. He was a Jewish boy. I'm not putting him down. No, he had a bar mitzvah and everything. So what I'm saying, and what I'm saying is, he is the Moses of this franchise. And mm-hmm. what a thing to have. A thing yeah. is the wrong word. What a figure to have to to um that it all flows from him. What a thing. So I'm proud that I covered a team that had a creator or a prophet like that. Yeah. I mean, you could go more specific people. I didn't cover these teams, but it's nice to now cover a team that has such a rich history. There are a lot of teams that freaking don't in professional (laughs) sports. 
And this one does in a way that very few teams in you know other sports leagues can match. This one. I got another one. Eddie. Yeah. I want to say, I'm proud that I, now, Eddie and I had a very uh, difficult relationship, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute, Um, but he was a great owner. It was before the salary cap. Boy, did he, but he he wanted to win. He he fired Seifert after the guy won two Super Bowls. Compare him to Jed and Jed's father and mother. They don't burn with a flame like a torch like eddie burned to win to compare eddie to to these people it, it, you know it's eddie is amazing and iggy knows the story uh, a few years ago carmen policy got in, um inducted into the bay area sports hall of fame so he calls me and he says lowell they're gonna make a plaque for me and they need to have text on the plaque. Would you write it for me? And I had to make, yeah, sure. Absolutely. He said, I won't pay you. <laughs> I love Carmen. So yeah. I, I wrote it. And now Iggy and I go to the ceremony. It's it's this big, fancy hotel in the city. And they show all the plaques. And Carmen says, look how beautiful. And everybody says, it's really well written, Lowell, blah, 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 who knows. And he said, the only thing is, Eddie's here. And he said, why'd you have him write it? You know, what you he was so really hard on me. So anyway, the whole we go through the whole evening and Eddie was one of the speakers and he was really funny. And when it was over with, um, I said to Iggy, we got to say hello to Eddie because I know what Eddie had said. So I go over and Eddie had spoken to Iggy on the phone for article. I said, Eddie, here's my son, Grant. And he was so sweet. He said, Lowell, you really raised Grant really well. And then I said, look. Before I leave, I got to say something. Carmen said, you were surprised that I wrote the thing for him. I said, that was years ago that we didn't get along. We're older men now. I said, listen, some of the stuff I wrote when I was young, I was a real douchebag. And and I, I, I think that's where it came from. Eddie looked at me and he said, you know, Lowell, when I was young, I was a douchebag too. You remember he said that? He says, I was a douchebag too. And then he said, you know what? There's no reason two former douchebags can't be friends. And then we hugged each other. Remember yep. that, Iggy? He was so sweet, and we got a giggle out of that. I remember so earlier Eddie, that I'm night. Pre- I remember earlier that night we were hanging around, having a drink before things started, and we were like standing in a circle. Me, yep. you, Kirk Reynolds, who used to be the PR director at the Niners, and a few other writers, and. All of a someone's all of a sudden someone pokes their head into the circle and says, What are you guys right. talking about? And we look no, he said, and, What's up, guys? What's up, what's guys? up, guys? Yeah. I thought he said, What are you guys talking? What's up, guys? And it's like, who is barging into our conversation? Oh, it's Jerry Rice. <laughs> he put his in the arm most around innocent us. way. Yeah, he puts his arm around you and stuff. It's like, Hi, Jerry. <laughs> you could yeah. hang out with us if you think we're yeah, if you cool. want. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so. I'm proud of Jerry Rice. I'm proud of Ronnie Lott. Yeah, what yeah. a pleasure to what a what a great player and what a great guy. I'm I'm proud that there's a Ronnie Lott in the history of this team. I'm proud there's a That's Joe true. Montana because they're known Steve as being Young. you know like the team that revolutionized offense, but they they're the team that had Ronnie Lott. Yeah, who was so vicious. They had to change so many rules. Yeah. Not allowed to play like Ronnie Lott anymore. That's true. So I'm I'm proud of that. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you something yeah. else I'm proud of, Iggy. I think the name 49ers is the best name of any team in sports. What a name. It's so creative and so interesting. It's, it's a yeah. better name than the Dodgers. The Dodgers is a great name. The Giants ain't. Mm-hmm. The 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 no. A's ain't the and I grew no. up with the Dodgers in Brooklyn. It's a heck of a name, and it means trolley Dodgers. They had a if you hit the ball out to center field, there were trolleys at some point, and you had to dodge the trolleys. It's wonderful. 49ers is great, so I'm proud of that name. Yeah, like Yankees are a good name, but it's not necessarily something that's that they created. Yankees are a, a term used in the Civil War, but 49ers, like that's very unique. And you have to know California history to understand what it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It also kind of sounds like a gang, if we're being honest, like the 49th Street Tough Guys. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it does. Right. It sounds kind of like does. a gang. Like they'd yeah. come down the street, snapping their fingers, singing yeah. doo-wop, you know, West Side Story. <laughs> I know what you mean. Anything else pop in your head? Just that, you know, that little lemonade stand that could, that, that makes us all, I, no, from my perspective, what, I, what I'm so thankful, proud of, thankful for, is that I get to cover a team that used to be the gold standard, but isn't anymore, but is sometimes seems close to being that gold standard again. It's an interesting arc. Iggy, say it again because you broke up. Okay, let me try again. Covering a franchise that used to be the gold standard of all sports, but isn't anymore, but is on the per the pursuit of reattaining it. And sometimes they get close, but they can't get it. It's a very right. interesting team. It is. So let's end with this. So their their narrative is a quest. We love quest stories. The Holy Grail. Uh, it's a quest, and they're embarked on the quest. And they haven't gotten the holy grail yet but they're making the effort and it's thrilling season after season to watch them in pursuit and even watch them fail uh, uh sometimes failure is educational and interesting from their point of view succeeding would be better you know what it's kind of like if jk rowling's daughter wrote a second generation of harry potter books about like Harry's kid. And it, 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 it's almost like that. It's like the second generation of this franchise and it's not nearly as heroic as the first generation, but it's still interesting. Right. He's a good, yeah. the kid is a good Quidditch player, but he's not the best. No, Jed York means well, but he's not a champion. Kyle Shanahan no, shows so much promise, but he hasn't fulfilled it like his dad did. Right. Or like yeah. the 49ers have. Forget his dad. Like the Although the, he did. He was the offensive with the coordinator with That's the Niners for the 94 team. And he was he killed San Diego in the Super Bowl, ripped him apart. It's true. Uh, Sorry about I my audio me. today. I just need to restart my computer. It's fine. Happens sometimes. It's my fault. I'm, I'm going to take full responsibility for this. Actually, no. No, it was Spencer Burford's fault. <laughs> well, we're going to have to talk to Feliciano about that. <laughs> he'll tell us no he'll tell us whose fault it is that's right john let us know dad i love you i'll talk to you in a minute love you hold on actually i think we have a couple of super chats no matt McEwen says best show thanks guys appreciate it mojo mcclary says why is seifert not in the hall of fame he should be he should be he should be oh it's because of his stint with the panthers they hold that against him but he won Two Super Bowls as a head coach and three as a coordinator, he should be in. Yep. Dad, I'll talk to you soon. Okay.